We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Mr. Fryer, let's go. Lawrence Holmes, noon to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? As the show goes on, I am on Twitter. So I have a screen that's in front of me that I can be on Twitter. Screen in front of me where the calls come up, the actual phone to my left, the cameras for all the Twitch people, twitch.tv slash Chicago 670, the score. Uh, Lamont Pope, who covers the White Sox, just put up video of Lance Lynn striding to the mound. I guess pitchers and catchers have reported. Out there in Arizona. Also, Alex Caruso is saying that he's close after a practice, a full contact practice, that Zach Levine didn't participate in because of knee soreness. So, I don't know what that means for tomorrow's game, but... It's interesting to talk about. I am really excited that we were able to to pry Kevin Anderson away from Elden Ring and get him on the score to talk Bulls with me. He joins me now on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline. (laughs) Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Kevin Anderson does an incredible job in Bulls coverage over at NBC Sports Chicago. He's the director of studio content for NBC Sports and one of the the most uh, learned basketball people in that building, which is filled with very learned basketball people. And he's nice enough to join me here on the score. Bulldog, what's up, dude? You are too kind. You are too kind. By the way, that was the Luke Cage theme music you came in on, right? That is correct. Very. See, you're one of the <laughs> only people that actually get it, which is good. Uh, I'm doing good. Yeah, I had to take time away from getting my head beat in by Elden Ring and watching the Kenobi trailer on loop. Those are really the two things I'm doing 24 hours a day right now. All right, well, we will get to the Kenobi trailer because I even promoted that you will be talking about it because you're also like a kind of a Star Wars expert too. So we will get to that. But but let me ask you some big picture questions about the Bulls and then we can drill down yeah. a little bit. What's it been like? Because I know that you look at, at all sorts of numbers and statistics on on the season, what's it been like to see DeMar DeRozan do what he's done with this Bulls team? Wow, it's like we are witnessing something special, right? It's not just the stretch he had in February in which he broke Wilt Chamberlain's record for most consecutive games scoring 35-plus, shooting 50% from the floor, right? Like that's – I don't think all of us fully understand how special that was to do that for that many games. Uh, but just overall in the season, I mean, he is, is certainly in the MVP conversation, though I think he has probably fallen off in that conversation a little bit as the Bulls continue to fall in the Eastern Conference. But specific to DeRozan, you know, when you look at MVP, my, my number one qualification for any MVP candidate is impact on the team, right? Like if you took DeRozan 
off of this Bulls team, how many fewer wins would they have? And I honestly think that the addition of DeRozan, not just what he's given scoring-wise, not just what he's brought to this team with the game-winning shots that, that we've seen several times in the Pacers and the Wizards, right? I think he's given this team 12 just by being on it. You know, his presence in the locker room, his impact on the other players, specific to Zach Levine. Uh, like, he's he's given this team 12 to 15 wins by being here. It's it's special to watch. It was, you know, certainly a move, that, as we know, because every time DeRozan has a great game, I'm very active on Bulls Twitter, and everybody posts that, uh, gosh, I think it was Bleacher Report that had the worst signing of the offseason headline for the DeRozan move, right? And uh, it, it certainly turned out to not, you know, arguably the best in terms of the impact on what it's had this season in the NBA. It, it's been special watching. I mean, he's, he's a truly great player. I think he's elevated not only his game, but everybody else's game around him. It, it's, it's really special to watch. When you, you talk about the impact on other players, I, I immediately start thinking about Io, and clearly like he has taken him on as a mentee, which I think is has helped to accelerate what has already been the 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 showing of someone who's got a tremendous basketball IQ. And we've had the chance, we've been lucky to be able to witness it with Io in high school and in college. And now seeing it at the pros, how impressive is it that this guy who was a second-round pick has been able to not just play but excel in these minutes and these starts that, that Billy Donovan is giving him. Yeah, and, you know, he is, quite frankly, if there was a redraft of last year's draft, he'd be a top-five pick now, knowing what we know and what the rest of the league knows about Io. So to get a of his caliber and his ability in the second round speaks volumes to certainly the front office of the Bulls. Uh, but also in just how probably undervalued uh, he was by the rest of the league. I mean, you know, you go through every team in the league and he doesn't get picked. So uh, in terms of his impact, yeah, uh, getting back to DeRozan and Io, certainly I think one of the moments that kind of like was a, a true symbol for his leadership being DeRozan's is when he went down to Champaign, when Io had his jersey retired and was honored, right? And, and DeRozan's right there with him. And so that's just a small gesture about the leadership of uh, DeRozan. But in terms of Io himself, he certainly went into training camp with not really high expectations, right? Like anybody who's a second-round pick and a rookie, as good as he was at Illinois, you kind of go, okay, maybe he can be a back-end-of-the-rotation player. But he has not only transformed himself into a rotation, rotation player, but a starter and a caliber starting quality player that can go out there and play great defense. He's not perfect. He's had some moments in the last few games, and I'm sure he'd like to uh, correct. But his decision-making on the floor and his defense is really what is setting him apart from other players at his position. Now let's talk about some of the issues that this team has. Like, they get the win. There are many. Yes, yeah. there are. Well, what, what do you see as being some of their biggest issues? Well, number one is certainly they're, they're well-documented struggles against the other top teams in the East, right? Like you you look at the three teams ahead of them in the East, haven't beaten anyone. I mean, Boston's right behind them too. I mean, so you have the, the, certainly the, the concern over playing Miami, playing Milwaukee, playing Philadelphia in the playoffs, because you're going to have to play them at some point. If you get out of the first round, which is not certainly a foregone conclusion. My biggest concern right now certainly is getting healthy. Number one, right? The Bulls team that we've seen over the last two months 
has quite honestly been an average to mediocre team. But at the same time, we've got to realize they've been playing without Patrick Williams for almost the entire season. They've been playing without Lonzo Ball for the better part of the last two months, without Alex Caruso for most of that time frame as well. And so you've got not only two starters in Williams and Ball, but you're essentially your key guy, your number one guy off the bench, your defensive stopper in Caruso out of the mix. And so you take any any playoff caliber team and you take three guys in the top six or seven in the rotation out of there, there's going to be significant impact. And so my number one concern with this team is can they compete against the better quality teams in the league? And they have, unfortunately, not shown the last two to three months that they can. So that's that's my number one concern is when we get to the playoffs, what's going to happen there? Um, and certainly number two kind of related to that is how is the addition of Patrick Williams back in the rotation, which by all accounts is going to be very soon. How is Donovan going to bring him along? How is he going to mesh with the rest of this team? And is it enough time before mid-April when the playoffs start to get everyone, not just P. Will, but the entire roster and the entire team back together? And how is Donovan going to make all that work? Um, so those are, those are my two like really biggest concerns right now. When I watch them, especially against teams that have active bigs, and and look, no one's stopping Joel Embiid uh, unless it's yeah. himself uh, against against Brooklyn. And even early on in Brooklyn, again in the Brooklyn game last night, he was doing all right. Claxton did a nice job against him. Uh, for for a big portion of that game. Anyway, yeah. obviously it's hard to stop a player like that. It's hard to stop Giannis. That being said, they still struggle with the interior defense. And I, I like the addition of Tristan Thompson. I do think that it gives them an extra body that they can throw at those bigs. But what what I haven't enjoyed was what the effect is on the perimeter defense where – they're not rotating back after doubles fast enough to to have an impact on the shooters during that five game stretch where they were losing games. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And certainly Donovan has experimented with using Thompson and Vucevic at the same time, and that is not a lineup I like at all. You're absolutely right when it comes to their interior defense. Thompson was a really good signing. Absolutely, in terms of the quality player you can get on the free agent market mid-season, he was really as good as you could possibly hope for. And he's done a pretty good job so far in that regard. Yeah, they are still having issues rebounding, but it's better than it was. But you're exactly right. The impact on the perimeter has been noticeable. And But I'll, I'll circle back. Their two best perimeter defenders are Alonzo Ball and Alex Caruso. Like, by far, it's not even close. It's certainly Zach Levine and Kobe are average to below average defenders on the perimeter. Io is is certainly made some waves, but he's not perfect. He's still learning off ball defense. And my hope is that once they get Caruso back, which is very very soon, judging by what's come out of uh, shoot around and practice today, and once they get Lonzo Ball Ball back, which should be by the end of the month, that the perimeter defense will be shored up at that point. But I still don't want to see. Vucevic and Thompson on the floor at the same time. It's just, there's really not the spacing on offense is really not there. Uh, Will Purdue, as you know, one of our great analysts, NBC Sports Chicago, did a fantastic breakdown earlier this week 
just kind of going through line by line on why it doesn't work having Vucevic and Thompson on the floor at the same time. And I completely agree with him. What's your level of concern with Zach Levine? And I mean, not that he's not going to play, but we might have a diminished version of him because he's been dealing with so much injury-wise this season. It is a probably, let me say a five out of 10. It's not a, let's panic. uh, Well, you know, we're in trouble. We're not going to be able to go advance in the playoffs because of this. But it is a concern, right? Because certainly it's not the Zach Levine that we are used to seeing that we saw earlier in the year and saw last year. Uh, Zach is an elite scorer. He is absolutely one of the best scorers in the NBA. Uh, His numbers are down, uh, but at the same time, they're down due to a large part of having DeRozan on this team and teams essentially having to cover two great scores and Zach deferring at times. Uh, but he, he has said, gone on the record, uh, to say that his knee issue is something that is periodically bothering him and that he is not going to essentially get it truly looked at, like get a scope, get surgery until everything's done, right? Like th- that's an option for him. And certainly as he enters free agency this summer, there are other players in his situation that would shut it down right now, have surgery and go, I'm looking forward to my next paycheck, right? But Zach doesn't want that. Zach uh, told Casey Johnson when Casey was in Miami last week, and it's a fantastic article. Of, uh, I suggest you get it on the My Teams app or NBCSportsChicago.com. He told Casey that him at 75 to 80% is better than most of the guys in the league, and he's right. So, you know, it, it's a, a 5 out of 10 concern for me. It's something that – I think is going to certainly be an issue if you advance in the playoffs and you play some of these top caliber teams that we're seeing like Miami and Milwaukee and Philly. Um, they're going to need everything they can out of Zach. And certainly I think to get to that point, I think we'll see an improvement um, in Zach's numbers a little bit. Uh, but right now it, it is a little bit of a concern short term because I know how badly he wants to win. He's never made the playoffs in his career. He, he, wants to be there when this team makes the postseason, which they will. Tomorrow shapes up to me as a really big game because you're running out of games, yeah. and, and it's it's the team that's right there that's trying to, to flip home court advantage. Jared Allen is probably not going to play. They've just made another signing to try and help with that injury. How do you see tomorrow's matchup? What's important to know going into it? Yeah, and so, like, number one is, I think Bulls fans, you want to look at the standings, right? And so, as we all know, you want to stay in the top six. If you fall to seven, you're in the play-in. And you do not want to mess around and get in a play-in situation in which you are possibly having to play Brooklyn for the chance Mm -hmm. to be in the playoffs. Like, I don't want any part of that at all. We saw what Brooklyn did against Philadelphia. kind of really shocked everybody. Um, I want no part of playing the Nets in a play-in game and have your season on the line, right? And so the Bulls have been at the top of the East for almost the entire year. They've slipped off a little bit. So really what it comes down to with the Cavs, you look at Boston at five. Boston is playing so well right now. I think it's really a, a foregone conclusion that Boston is going to leap over the Bulls, right? Like they're half game behind and the way they're playing right now, a week from now, two weeks from now, if they continue this pace, which is no reason to say that Boston won't for how well they've played recently. And so then you're looking at the Bulls and Cavs vying for five and six. 
And that then becomes a difference. Are you playing the Sixers or the Celtics in the first round, right? Like, so the top three are Miami, Milwaukee, Philadelphia right now. If you fall to six, you're playing one of those three teams. And that is not a first-round matchup I want any part of. Uh, Ideally, I think the perfect situation for the Bulls is you get Cleveland in the first round. I think they match up really well against the Cavs. And so kind of what's on the line for tomorrow night is you need to keep pace. You need to win some games. Certainly we know that they lost five straight, which was a a season-worst five-game losing streak before they won in Detroit. And so I think really what you want to look for is how do they match up against Cleveland because if you can – if you can get Cleveland in the first round, it looks really good. Um, and so certainly number one watch for is Caruso going to play. Uh, they haven't really officially ruled him out. I'm aware of and Zach's uh, questionable right now, which is uh, 50-50, um, which is not ideal. You would love Zach to play, but I think they match up really good well against Cleveland. Uh, Darius Garland uh, is an all-star for the Cavs. He's having an absolutely fantastic season. He's the player you want to watch for as far as the Cavs are concerned. Uh, he is he is coming into his own. He's a little bit overshadowed, like he's not having a John Morant-type season. Mm-hmm. Garland's having – he's having a very good season. And uh, don't overlook and don't take for granted the caliber and ability he has. Kevin Bulldog Anderson of NBC Sports Chicago joined me here for a couple more minutes. So, the Kenobi trailer. Yes. How How excited are you for the Kenobi series? I cannot wait. I mean, Lawrence, I am a massive Star Wars fan, as as you know, and so we're getting this time period. Like there are there are two central mis- mysteries to the show, right? Number one is from a show standpoint, how are they going to bring Hayden Christensen back into the show as Darth Vader slash Anakin, right? So, like, my number one question is, how are they going to make it work? Because at this point, it's ten years after. The last time we saw Anakin and Obi-Wan together on Mustafar, they're 10 years after that. It is essentially in the middle time period between A New Hope and Revenge of the Sith, right? So we've got essentially a 9- to 10-year-old Luke Skywalker who we see in the trailer, um, you know, on his Tatooine farm. And so number one is how are they going to integrate Anakin slash Hayden Christensen into the show? Is it going to be through flashbacks uh, or is it going to be some other way? And the the other central kind of mystery to the plot itself is we know that Obi-Wan went to Tatooine to watch over Luke. That was his entire job. That was it. He just needed to make sure Luke was safe and that the Empire didn't get wind of him, that that Vader didn't get wind of him. So his entire job is literally to tie down on Tatooine and make sure Luke is safe, right? And so something is going to take Obi-Wan off of Tatooine. And what I'm really looking forward to is as we've seen in the trailer, is we're going to see the live-action Inquisitors for the first time. And for those of you who may not know what the Inquisitors are, essentially they are uh, powerful force users corrupted by Vader and, and Palpatine. They're not necessarily Sith, but they've been trained up as dark side force users, and their entire job is to hunt the Jedi that escaped Order 66. Right, And so we see several of them in the trailer, including the Grand Inquisitor, who, by the way, a small note, was actually a former Jedi at the Jedi Temple. Um, and so we're seeing the, these Inquisitors hunt down the remaining Jedi. 
And clearly the kind of plot we're getting for the show is they get whiff of someone on Tatooine, whether it's actually Obi-Wan or maybe another Jedi on there. And then Obi-Wan's got to figure out a way to get them off of the trail of him and honestly Luke. So they don't even accidentally stumble upon Luke in this whole situation. So I, I can, as you can tell, I'm very excited. And I cannot wait to see <laughs> what they're going to do. I, I think my last big group outing before COVID hit was Rise of Skywalker with everybody. Yes, we saw it together. Yes, absolutely. It turned out to not be a great film and was the worst of the sequel trilogy films. But, uh, yes, you're absolutely right. We saw Rise of Skywalker together. I think it was right before everything went kablooey. Sir, this was a pleasure. Thanks so much for being available. Anytime, anytime you want to talk Star Wars, just let me know. Clear out like an hour of your show, and, and we'll go through it. Well, we'll do it. I, you know what? I will find time this spring because I do want to continue conversation. Like we didn't even talk about Boba Fett. We we should probably talk Mandalorian. So yes, yeah. yes, put it on your calendar. You will be back on the show, and sure, we might talk about the Bulls, but we'll probably just talk about Star Wars. Hey, you know what? We can talk both. It'd be good. Good conversation. I agree. Bulldog, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thank you, Lawrence. That is Kevin Anderson from NBC Sports Chicago. I love that dude. Because, look, he, he has got the Bulls breakdown for you on lock. But if you also want to really break down Star Wars, that's the man that you call. Him or Ben Finford. Either one. They'll take good care of you. The Bears are... Making moves. Ryan Poles is, is out here like, hey, we need to change some things. I'm going to talk with Mark Grody about all of that next here on The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Lawrence Holmes, noon to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Sideline reporter for WBBM News Radio 780. Of course, if you're not down. Hit. We need Mark Grody. With Mark Grody. <laughs> Excuse me. Couldn't get to the cough button there in time. Didn't notice. Illinois State's finest alum, Mark Grody, joins Lawrence Holmes on 670 The Score. He sure does. By the way, the bottom of the hour is being brought to you by DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. Groats joins me on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline. Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. There's been a lot of Bears news growth, but the most important thing, the reason that we brought you on, did you go to Carson's and did you get ribs? And 
And there is Lawrence. I think that there is a conspiracy against me. There is some what? spirit out there that doesn't want me to get ribs. No, Here, you so you didn't get ribs. I didn't. Here's what oh, happened. Boo. Here, boo this stand, man. Boo. <laughs> stand, stand by. Stand by. Sorry. Here's here, here's what happened. Three, two, one. So that same day that I spoke to you and we had the conversation about ribs because you were asking me, what am I going to do for my first day of my weekend after performing three overnights? And I said, yeah, I, I've never had Carson's ribs. It's two blocks away from me. I'm going to go get myself a full rack and all those wonderful sides that you were selling to me. I was like, sold. So then I go on the afternoon show with Danny Parkins that day. And while Danny and I were talking, there was a texter that asked, you know, hey, Grody, uh, are you, you know, how were the ribs? Are you going to get the ribs? And so I talked about it. I said, yeah, you know, I explained that Lawrence and I had discussed this. And then Mitch, you know, being the generous man, when he hears these kinds of things, often jump in and offer to treat. So Mitch says, hey, we'll offer to buy Carson's ribs for everybody the next day. So, and plus, plus Shane, Shane's meat said that he was making some sort of roasted butt barbecue, something or other, and he was going to bring that in. And so I was like, great, I'll come into the studio. I, I figured I would come in on your watch too, Lawrence, since you're the one who got the ball rolling on all this stuff. I come in, right? And immediately I see Mitch who says, oh, sorry, Grody, Carson's doesn't open until 3 o'clock today. And I came in there about 1 o'clock. And Shane's like, yeah, I got this roasted stuff in my office, which was absolutely delicious, but it was not like what I had come in looking for. So nobody told me, in other words. 3 o'clock, okay, so I walked in here for for no ribs. And so, yeah, so that that was what happened. Uh, Last night I had a dinner. And then, here's the thing, tonight I was thinking about it, like this would be the night, and then I get a call from my 10-year-old niece who wants me to take her to Build-A-Bear today, and something tells me that noodles will be on the diet uh, (laughs) for tonight because that's the way it goes with a 10-year-old. So that and and plus it's Friday and I'm Catholic and I can't eat meat. So some there something is going on in in the spiritual world that is telling me not to get Carson's ribs. Well, I am a lifelong Chicagoan, suburbanite, all of that stuff, and I've never had Carson's ribs, which is ridiculous. Wow. Sorry, man. I know that was very convoluted. What do you think? I mean, did I was I wronged by Mitch? Was I wrong? Was I you given were. bad information? You, yeah, you were wronged by Mitch. Yes. Um, and and he, I'm sure, will rectify it. Uh huh. But you, somebody should have told me. Somebody should have told me because here's what. And you know, you know who is the smartest about all of this I, stuff? I wasn't even here when you came back. Oh, oh, you weren't. <laughs> See, the whole thing, the only person who got this right, and this was on air, was Chris Tannehill, because Tannehill was like, while everybody was offering, like, and it was very nice of Shane to be like, yeah, come on, you know, I'm making this for everybody, Grody, you should come in, Mitch saying, yeah, I'll buy, and and what, what Tannehill said was right, guys, maybe Grody just wants to sit on his couch at home and order the ribs and watch the Bulls game and yes. then put a movie on. And that's really all I wanted that, to that do. That was the whole point. Like, like the whole point was you were going to go on an extra long walk to, to, to eat up some of those calories. Exactly. And you were going to sit in your place after a long week of doing overnight shows 
and have ribs. This wasn't some sort of like everyone else gets to be invited to the party type thing. This yeah. was your night, man, and you allowed this to happen. This is called, well, this is what we call unnecessary generosity. That's what happened. <laughs> Everybody wanted to go to bat and say, yeah, that sounds great. Come on in. It's your day off. So I had to get up. I felt like I had to look semi-presentable, walk in. And, you know, it's it's a cold 25-minute walk and get in there and uh, nobody's ready for the party. I was like, here we go. I'm going to see Lawrence. I'm going to see there's going to be like ribs just dripping out of Mitch's office. It's going to, you know, there's going to be people from BBM digging in. And then basically I had a, a few pieces of Shane's meat and it was delicious. Very good. And then I walked out of there. So I, I, I don't know what to say, Lawrence. I'm turned off right now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. Meanwhile, and, and, and then the other things that are distracting you from getting Carson's ribs, the Bears are out here making moves. Well, what say you about them uh, finalizing their trade to trade Khalil Mack for some draft picks? Yeah, I think it's it's sad because it's symbolic of an era of Bears football which looked like it was going to be great, which looked like it was going to be great in 2018. And he was, Khalil Mack was symbolic of Ryan Pace getting coach, or excuse me, executive of the year. Matt Nagy getting coach of the year. Khalil Mack instantly working with that unbelievable game he had at Lambeau in the first game. And then going on to have a terrific year with 12 and a half sacks. And then just like Khalil Mack, the Bears slowly but surely went downhill from there and never came close defensively to looking like that elite defensive team like they did in in 2018. So I think it's symbolic of that. I think it was it was the right move. It it's like it it's surprising but not surprising. Knows who has value on this team and no matter what has happened to Khalil Mack in the last few years, the guy still has value. So he was able to strike up the deal. I like the fact that the Bears now have two second round picks. Unfortunately, the other pick is for next year, but you, you had to you had to do something like this. And it also symbolizes that. It's absolutely a rebuild for the Bears and rebuilds can mean one year in the NFL, but that's what it connotes in le- is to be some sort of splash that Ryan Poles is not telling us about in free agency, but he has basically told us now twice that he's more into the second and third tiers of free agency. Do you think it also says something about how they feel about like a player like Travis Gibson? It could, but... And, and Travis Gibson had a nice year last year, and Travis Gibson in college played in the 4-3. He has spent the, the first couple of years of his Bears career learning how to play in a 3-4, putting on the necessary weight to play in a 3-4. So I, I think it's possible that they look at Gibson as a, as potential, but there's no way they could look at Travis Gibson and say, yeah, this is a double digit sack guy. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he, he is, he was, you know, a fifth in 2020 so it's not like he comes from like great draft stock but i think he's an ascending player i don't know that travis gibson is a dominant player okay no problem i I was wondering what they might be thinking i i kind of like this because to me it feels like i am not I, i am not beholden to anything that happened before i got here and that's the approach i wanted ryan poles to take Absolutely. No, it's perfect. And that was one of the luxuries, you know, quote unquote, of having a new regime. All of these guys, like if if Ryan Pace 
back, then, you know, we would have been playing the game of, oh, well, that's his draft pick. So he's not going to have a critical eye. He's not going to be have a critical eye on Cole Komet because that was his that was his draft pick. You know, you mentioned Travis Gibson or any, any even Justin Fields, even Justin Fields. I mean, we have not heard Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus, any of these guys, Luke Getze, none of them have over-romanticized having Justin Fields on the team. None of them has gone out of their way to say, oh, this guy is great, sky is the limit. They they are, to use a Jerry Angelo term, they are doing their due diligence on each and every player. And we saw it with Tariq Cohen as well. And, you know, at, at being at the Combine and being part of that scrum with Ryan Poles and Poles not wanting to give us an injury update, I mean, that said everything. I mean, I think all of us knew in that room at that moment that Tariq Cohen was not going to be part of the 2022 Chicago Bears and it I'm fascinated to think about what might be next for the Chicago Bears and who may next be cut or traded or waived or whatever the case may be what type of a financial windfall were these two cuts like what what will the Bears gain outside of 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 just getting some picks for Khalil Mack do they get some cap relief too they do get some cap relief, and I think that one of the the hugest things was there, there's it, it appears, and nothing has been made official. I mean, they can't make the, the the details of the trade official until the league year opens on March 16th. But when you look at the Khalil Mack deal, and the Chargers apparently have no problem picking up what he is owed, and that means specifically he is owed 17.75 million for 2022, 22.9 in 2023, 23 point and a quarter million in 2024. Apparently, they are picking all of that up, so that clears space. And then you have, you know, the the Tariq Cohen. I I need to get a little bit more of the details on, you know, with the the injury wave of Tariq Cohen and the three year. I mean. It wasn't a massive deal that he signed in the first place. It was a three-year, $12 million deal in 2020, you know, just before he, he you know, the torn ACL. Yeah, but like yeah, it was like a week the, before. Oh, exactly. It, and it was – yeah, it was it was horrible. I mean, they I mean, good for Tariq Cohen because he got his he got his money and there's nothing you can do about a torn ACL. But and and so it's like both of these, like I use the word sad with Khalil Mack. It's also sad with Tariq Cohen. And he also was symbolic of what the offense was able to do at times in 2018 when Tariq Cohen was considered a dangerous player, a, a guy that defenses had to account for. And then he just wasn't that ever since you know the Bears still saw at least Ryan Pace still saw value in him enough to give him the three-year deal but you know at this point I just hope that Tariq Cohen for his sake that this is not a career-threatening injury for people who don't know like this has been going with the injury with Tariq Cohen it's been kind of a tragic year and a half for him after signing that deal I mean, you have you have the the injury happening seven days after he signed his deal, then his brother passing away. I I hope that Tariq is okay, yeah. but but the football aspect of it is the the least of my worries. I hope that he's all good overall because he's having to compartmentalize and deal with a ton. 
I can tell you this from being at every practice that we were allowed to watch last year for the Bears, being on the sidelines, because that's that's what I do. Um, I Tariq Cohen was always present. He was always in seemingly in good spirits. I would see the Tariq Cohen smile, um, hobnobbing with the players. So I I hope that you are correct in that because I think, yeah, I think tragic is a, is, is probably a pretty good word, but he, the, the fact that he was present, the fact that he seemed to have great camaraderie with his teammates, still the fact that, you know, do we want to believe what Matt Nagy says, but Matt Nagy always said, this guy is, you know, his spirits are up. I've, you know, the guy is rehabbing every single day from like, from the human being perspective, what, what I saw just seeing him as much as I did, he seemed like he he was okay, and and hopefully that is the case. And you know, like I said, hopefully for him, he can continue his football career and get his life straightened out in that regard as well. Can can I share something with you, Groats, from from I, earlier today? Please. All right. So please. it's a, it's it's a it's a it's a uh, a half and half, a fifty fifty, like Parkins and I were talking about uh-huh. with the onion rings and the French fries. I got to ask Rick Hahn a couple of questions. The first one actually affects you. Rick, uh, two questions, one football, one baseball. Uh, The the football question is the new GM of the Bears has said that he's going to reach out to a bunch of the other teams because he likes to get feedback cross sports wise. Wondering, has he reached out to you? And if so, would you be uh, okay with talking to him? Yeah, I I sent Ryan a note uh, when he was hired and gave him my contact information, cell number, email, all that, so that we could connect uh, about each of our organizations, but also on a personal level, just, you know, having raised kids here. And I know he's got young children and, and may well settle into the area. So I reached out to offer any help or guidance I could along those lines as well. We have not connected yet. Obviously, he's been pretty busy. I've been quite the opposite, but he's been pretty busy. So I suspect that will happen uh, at some point once we get a little more into the summer. Okay, cool. The second question is, what do you see as the pros and cons of the new playoff format? Look, more teams getting in gives you an individual club more shots on goal to win a championship. We've obviously seen years where it's been, you know, last year was the number three seed that broke through. We've seen years that the uh, wild card has broken through to win a championship, and this will give more opportunity to to more clubs, um, which obviously includes us. Our I, certainly this year, and I would hope every year, our aspirations are to win the win the division and put ourselves in a strong position for postseason seeding. Uh, but if there's ever years where we're, you know, a little closer to, to the final spot as opposed to winning the division, then good. You get in, you get hot, and you might find a way to bring home a ring. Uh, certainly should increase excitement along uh, in various, in more baseball cities and more baseball fandoms. Uh, throughout the summer and into the early fall, which obviously is a, a positive. Again, it, uh, from from a 2022 White Sox standpoint, the first goal is to is to win the division, and and therefore the expanded playoffs wouldn't necessarily come into play for us. Uh, seating obviously would matter, but seating's always mattered to us, and we're going to do everything in our power to put us in the best spot. 
See, so I got a little football news there for you, Groats. That's fantastic, man. I'll ta- let, let me react in order here. I, I love the idea that the GMs kind of bond behind the scenes and, you know, offering his advice and cell phone number to, to Ryan Poles. Well, well here, want- here, here's the reason why I asked that, though. Sure, Not sure. just because of Ryan Poles. It's because Rick Hahn's like a crazy Bears fan guy. <laughs> Right, right. He, he's like, like, like he. I have legitimately, when covering the Bears, run into Rick in like full Bears gear at Bears games. <laughs> that's that's fantastic. So you think he's like sending him a a text today? Like, really trading <laughs> Khalil Mack? Question mark? Question mark? Question mark? WTF? Yeah, yeah. Arms up emoji. What? <laughs> I do love to think about that. I always wondered too, like. The, once the other, well, Rick Hahn knows the landscape, having been from here, but once GMs in this town understand the, the sports landscape in Chicago, and we're into every team, and we're in all of their business, but as we all know, it is the Bears that are under the biggest microscope. Do you think that there's a part of these, like maybe Rick Hahn, part of his conversation was, dude, I just hope you know what you're getting into with the Chicago Bears, because you have no idea the importance placed on the Chicago Bears. No doubt. And I love seeing Ryan Poles already been to a Blackhawks game, already been to a Bulls game. I imagine he will do a Cubs and Sox game too. So I just thought it'd be a fun to, to, to have that little nugget. So you can, you could even say Rick Hahn tells the scores, Lawrence Holmes, dot, oh, dot, dot. Yeah. Oh, that is, that is fantastic. See? I, oh, oh. And when, do we have a date down yet for when Ryan Poles will be singing the seventh inning stretch out at Wrigley Field? Because you know that's coming soon. Or maybe Floozy. Maybe Floozy or Getsy will be will do it be doing it. We'll let, see. Let, let's get Floozy on the north side and let's get Poles throwing out the first pitch on the south side. I am totally down with that. I mean, I think that that is perfect. And I think that wait, who did you say? You cut out a little bit on, on throwing the first pitch on the south side. Was it Poles? Poles on the south side, Floozy. Uh, Floozy. Is that what we're going with for a nickname? Yeah, we're gonna go with we're gonna go Polsey, Floozy, Getsy. Give them so all that's... hockey names except it's actually Luke Getsy's name. All right, I like that. That works. Groats, get some ribs this weekend. Maybe tomorrow, man. Tomorrow could be the day. I think I'm headed for Noodles and Company tonight, but tomorrow could be the night. Ribs. Ribs. I will send you pictures if I do. That is Mark Grody. He's terrific. We need to take a break. Back after this on The Score. Lawrence Holmes, noon to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Today would have been Les Grobstein's 70th birthday. I was really lucky that my first full-time experience working at The Score was working with Les because... Ordinarily, the the idea of doing an overnight shift would have seemed like hell, but it wasn't because Les always made it fun and interesting. And I learned a lot about radio, and it was cool for me because I'm someone who grew up listening to, to Steve and Gary. And just knowing Les from that show, I was so excited to work with him, and it it really helped my career. Like Les was instrumental in helping me get to this point because he was the first person that allowed me to speak on the score. And usually when you're doing a solo show, and especially when you're doing a solo overnight show, you're looking for all the help that you can get. But I had to earn it, and I earned it with a lot of hard work 
for him and he made things really really fun for me so he'll be missed i'm so happy that he got a day that today is less grobstein day in chicago because i don't know if anyone was more chicago than less for all sorts of different reasons but he's a guy that had a really different outlook on life and some people didn't quite get it I feel very fortunate that I kind of got it and he understood that I kind of got it and I'm glad that he is being celebrated in a way that he should so I'll say it this way more sports less Grobstein talk with Parkinson Spiegel next here on the score We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.